Godbu, writer, journalist, proud shit disturber. I'm Michael Cass, an artist, and I don't have as many lofty titles as Neil. This is everything. Everything. We what just a- did a whole podcast episode on music just sitting here. <laughs> well, and, and uh, do we still have a topic? Are we going with dicks in space? Dicks in space or, well, we can do whatever, anything. Dicks in <laughs> space. I got, you know, I was talking with Lisa about this prior to, prior to the show. And I'm like, I'm sort of changing my mind on it. Like, fine, if you want to go into space, go into space. But I think he maybe made that rocket look like that on purpose. Because what a marketing... Well, and, 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 <laughs> and, and the thing dildo, right? <laughs> I hate Richard Branson. I, I, I just think he is the flamboyant billionaire playboy, you know, and so I, I'm not a big fan. Jeff Bezos, to me, he is actually... I, I hate him and I love him at the same time. I mean, he he's just so... He also is flamboyant with his wealth, but then... Three-day delivery. He, you know, he, 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 buys, <laughs> he buys the Washington Post and then basically sets up a board of directors and says, just don't lose money. Um, he, he, he turns around and, and the, the same week that, that uh, he climbed into uh, the dick he made and launched himself into space, he, he gives $100 million to two different Americans, one of them being Van Jones, to... Spend it how you like on charities that you think are worth supporting. Wow, that's that's amazing. Now, of course, for a hundred million dollars, for a guy that's worth a hundred billion dollars, yeah. If your net worth is five hundred thousand dollars, good for you. You made a five hundred dollar donation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, let's put it into perspective. Right. It, it's yeah. like sorry, but you know, it, it's not quite. He found it in his couch money. But here. But, but it's pretty are. close. Like, like you know what? So so I'm thinking. I'm thinking now after we're talking about that is, is. It doesn't matter what these guys gonna do. It's never gonna be enough. I think. I think we, as human beings, are just so critical, and, and maybe for me, maybe some of it is you know ego, jealousy. I want to yeah. be like that. I want to have that money. You know, you're just a dick. You can't do enough. Blah 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 blah. Well, and then I'm thinking to myself, shit, man, this guy's like going sort of into space, almost space, kind of at the edge of space. Edge of space. Right? So, and I was listening to Neil uh, Tyson. Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson. deGrasse Tyson. And thank you. And um, and he's like, his his partner, I can't remember his partner's name on the podcast. And it said, he's like, we've gone to the moon what's the big fucking deal going to like the edge of space? So you hop in a rocket. Oh wait, you built it yourself. Yeah. Right. But then the grass Tyson made a, a, a statement. He said, well, I wouldn't go in a rocket unless the owner got in it. So, okay, they got in it. Now nah, maybe it's pretty safe. I'll get, I can go for a flight in that rocket. Yeah. That'd be a coup. Yep, getting him to fly in the space. Now, 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 if Jeff Bezos, uh, you know, called me up and said, uh, "Hey, Neil, want to go for a ride into the edge of space?" Yeah, yes, yeah, I'm, I'm there. Strap me in. <laughs> you know, what kills me. They can fix the. They can fix the computer on 
the Hubble Space Telescope, but I can't get somebody from from IT to to fix my email. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what do you think of that? I think the Hubble Space Telescope is an amazing piece of machinery. The Hubble Space Telescope uh, is is the most amazing piece of machinery. Uh, I would say. I, I I think a case would be the most amazing piece of machinery ever created. I mean the the precision. Uh, and and the fact that that although there were some setbacks and then COVID, uh, they are launching actually uh, Hubble 2.0. It's the James Webb um, telescope. That that telescope will actually make Hubble look. Um, it'll it'll be Windows 90. Hubble will be like <laughs> Windows, Windows 95. Like, I think they right? were running on Windows 95. You know, it, it, the 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 James Webb telescope will literally be able to peer into the deepest reaches of the universe with amazing precision. And and this is actually what set them back. Actually, there's a fellow originally from Quinell. We did a story about him uh for the Citizen a few years ago. There's a guy who originally from Quinell who is part of the team in the states developing um, that telescope and but but what is what is so difficult about it is is the mirrors have to be like shaved to within it's uh, unbelievable millionths yeah. of a millimeter uh, to like everything has to be so ridiculously precise what do you, th- you think there's value in in those in studying do you know what I mean? Like, I, like how much value? I'm sure there's value, and I'm sure there's been some. I think in the development of the machines that they're using to go to space, there's been definitely residual effects for for humankind. Absolutely. Um, but really, the study of. But the one thing that blew my mind is that I was watching or listening to this podcast, and they're like, this. Right, we're looking back in time, and 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 Jenna, her name is Jenna. She's a physicist. Um, oh, is it is it Jenna Le- Levin? Yeah, she's amazing. I just actually finished one of one of her books. Uh, um, um, what is it? Blues. Uh, the, the the black hole survival black hole. guide. Oh well, she does one called the black hole blues too. Yeah. Right? Yeah, but she said, and this blew my mind. This is like, oh, I'm going to think about this for days now. What if, what if the universe is actually a loop and we are looking sort of behind us and, and that speck of light over there, the beginning of that particular solar system is actually our solar system being formed. I I was lost the rest of the show. I couldn't think of anything else. Right. But what, how does that help us? How does that, what does it mean? Like, what is it? We know more about outer space than we do about the oceans. Pre 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 prehistory, right? Our our the earliest human ancestors went exploring. They left Central Africa, and they started exploring. And yes, there are regions of the world that we should should still be exploring and are exploring, but we're 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 curious folk, and that's why. And, and, of course, space, exploring into space, as you talked about with Jenna Levin's example, it gets metaphysical really fast. Just blow, I love that stuff. Right. Yeah. It, it, because then you're, you're getting into what is the nature of space-time? Are we on some kind of loop? Um, as she talks about, and the Black Hole Survival Guide, by the way, is beautifully written. She writes amazingly. Um, 
and I, 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 I don't even want to qualify it and say amazingly for an astrophysicist. Mm-hmm. She writes beautifully. I'll have to check it out. Uh, just a, a very tiny book. You, you could read it in a matter of hours. Um, by, well, considering the topic, I mean, it would be pretty... But, it, uh, if but, she can present a dry topic like that in a way that's understandable and even humorous... But... but there, or light, I should say. There, there, there's a mind fuck every few pages. Excellent. In in that book, right? Is right because she talks about the singularity, which is what Albert Einstein, relativity, relativity said that there has to be black holes, but we have no evidence of black holes. They eventually found that there were black holes, but then, okay, well, how does this lead to? collapsing reality and collapsing space-time and where does everything go and that leads to all sorts of wild questions and suddenly you're into wormholes and alternative realities and alternative universes and multi-dimensions exactly yeah all, all because the mathematics uh, points you in that direction, and so so that's why we have the Hubble. That's why we'll we'll hopefully have the James Webb Telescope, if not next year, the year after, to to probe these things and to try and. I mean, I mean, we didn't even have a picture of a black hole until what two three years ago. When she was writing that book, the Black Hole Blues, what it what what it was about was um, that whole time when they were trying to find the event horizon of they were thinking what if we don't find it that's going to turn the whole that's going to just change everything yeah that'll change everything that anybody ever knew about about the universe but they found him so it was a happy ending and sadly stephen hawking didn't get the nobel prize uh, before he died for hawking radiation which again the idea that the idea was that nothing came out of black holes and Stephen Hawking said well that's not quite correct is is that there there are things leaking out of black holes at the event horizon and it's this kind of form of radiation and again I don't understand the physics well, of it it's kind of like when I take bit. a drink of my coffee and I miss my lip and it dribbles <laughs> down my shirt right? so it's going down the black hole but the black hole the event horizon didn't quite catch everything yeah, I got a hole in that event horizon yeah um Going to the moon, do we do you find any value in? Well, the interesting thing is that with the technology and with the various rovers that have gone to Mars and the various satellites that have gone to the edge of our solar system to Pluto and beyond, mm-hmm. uh, how, how how far is Voyager p- past the outside of our solar system now? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and technically, it's actually still not outside of our solar system. It's, uh, it's, it, it hasn't in our lifetime, and in fact, I think it'll still take another ridiculous amount of time before it actually is out of the gravitational pull of the sun. Um, so, so it's it's beyond Pluto, and it's yeah, poor Pluto. But poor Pluto. But How maligned can you be as a planet? I, I actually, on um, on my desktop computer at work, I keep Voyager's last, was it Voyager or one of the other ones? The last shot looking back at Pluto. The small, oh, Pluto, I thought the because, small blue dot. Because, because, because those, those, those shots of Pluto revealed something that surprised a lot of 
um, of the astrophysicists and of the um, was cosmologist that, was yeah cosmologist was that Pluto has an atmosphere. Oh, that's interesting. Um, and, and but then doesn't a comet? I mean, a comet has an atmosphere. Well, but but what surprised them was that the amount of what could be water in the atmosphere. I was uh, watching a thing about the, some of the most amazing. Uh, we talked about Hubble being one of the most amazing machines built. Perseverance, obviously, and that little helicopter, that little yeah. drone. I love that. Perseverance is also one of its one of its um, I guess whatever responsibility, whatever you want to call it, is uh, it's designed to to try and make oxygen on the planet Mars. I didn't know that. Yeah. So uh, so would you go to Mars? I don't know if I'd go to Mars. Well, I was th- I was see that movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger was the point I was going to make is that with all of this this machinery is that people don't have to go. Skip the moon, go to Mars. Is that but but people don't need to go. Um, we can send autonomous machines to go and do the exploring for us. Um, I mean, from a colonization standpoint, Earth. I would. Because that word just has so many negative connotations, right? Let's just say as Earth colonizing that planet. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think we're still a long ways away from, right, the Matt Damon movie, The Martian, where, you know, you, you, you would have the facilities that you could set up to do. The, 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 the science of The Martian, of both the movie and the book, is, is technically possible, but... There's a lot of there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that that would make it very difficult, and 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 the problem is is that um, extended time in space for humans uh, it, it it it's actually quite damaging to the body. Um, they um, he's running no he won a seat in the Senate or in Congress, so the. Help me out here a little bit. The the congresswoman in Colorado that was shot. Yeah, yeah. And Fe- fine, fine, sti- fine. No, 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 uh, no, no, no. Gabby, Gabby Giffords. Yeah. Her husband, whose name escapes me, is an astronaut. Was mm-hmm. an astronaut. Mm-hmm. He ran for and was elected and last her, November. Her seat, right? Was yeah. it her seat? Yeah. Yeah. So she was a sen- that's a senate. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so he spent a year in space. On the space station, what was really valuable about his year in space is he has a twin brother, so they were oh. able to do a study. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of comparing, and um, being in space for a year damages the body; the the muscles start to atrophy. Right, zero gravity means your muscles aren't working, mm-hmm. and so he was spending three hours a day, seven days a week on a treadmill. And it didn't matter. So, so well, there's no hope for little fat guys like me. Well, in but, space. But, but, well, that's just <laughs> it. Is that a mission to Mars and back? What would that do to a person? It, it it could they could literally waste away. I'm I'm I would hope that in, in the in the 
curiosity and the drive to sort of reach out and explore those places that we that we look inward and maybe I'm being idealistic you know there's my little hippie coming out like can we take those billions of dollars and that technology and the know-how and apply it to to trying to save our own ass here on the planet Certainly. given everything that i mean the amazon already right now is 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 giving off more co2 or no they can't oh they, it can't it can't filter as much co i can't remember what them but it's sounds fucked right yep and 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 of course you have the permafrost uh thawing siberia in in siberia in the canadian arctic um that's a huge carbon sink and when that thaws and emits yeah we're, we're gonna have a lot of problems um i remember uh this would have been about uh i don't know 12 15 years ago uh, for one of the uh, uh, Bob Ewart uh, fundraising dinners for the Northern Medical Trust. Mm -hmm. uh, they brought in Gwyn Dyer. I love Gwyn Dyer. Me too. I'm a fan of yeah, Gwyn Dyer. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's good friends with uh, Alan Wilson, the, the former chief librarian. Mm -hmm. and, uh, um, so they brought Gwyn Dyer to town, and Gwyn had just written a book about climate change. And like most of Gwyn Dyer's book, they're they're actually pretty... They're very factual, but they're also quite morbid, mm -hmm. um, right? I mean, this guy's written about all sorts of various conflicts in the world, and and, and he and he sees the world through that lens of, of human conflict, and and so his climate change book, and this was amazing public speaker, by the way. He just stands up and and you just tell him how long you want him to talk, mm -hmm. and he'll talk within about a minute with no notes, oh, um, without repeating himself, and and. Uh, so anyway, he stands up at the Northern Medical Trust there. So this is a celebratory dinner. There's all sorts of doctors and dignitaries from around the north for this fundraising effort. And uh, um, he basically said, uh, so by the 21st century, and fortunately none of us will live long enough, but our grand, you know, our, our children and our grandchildren might, might, uh, might make it this far, is that uh, uh, the, the, the Third World War will be between India and China, and it'll be for water. Water and rice. Be, because because when the Himalayan glaciers melt, the Himalayan glaciers supply the fresh water for two and a half billion people. Mm -hmm. India, Pakistan, China, all nuclear powers are dependent on the Himalayan glaciers for water. And when those glaciers recede and melt, you've got a lot of people looking for water well we see that now in the middle east this this uh, iran is pulling some weird thing about i i didn't i haven't read the news i just saw the headlines about about there's a water water issue oh mind you it is the middle east and it is a desert yeah so uh, but uh, iran is stealing water or something yeah. from an aquifer and and yeah. so that's i mean that's just a small bit south africa is running out of water if they haven't yeah. run out of water the, the, already the, the the southwestern u.s is draining its major aquifer like powell you can see Looking on the side of the Grand Canyon or part yeah. of the Grand Canyon, there Lake Powell, where it's was this high, then this high, then and and that's just lower and lower and lower the entire. Yeah, yeah, it's it's frightening. I was telling my dad today, and uh, <laughs> we were talking family ties on the last one. It's like I realized, you know, 
the worry that I put my parents through because they seem to be subconsciously doing the same thing to me. I phone them and there's no answer and I'm like, oh my God, right? How come your machine isn't on it? Why didn't you, well, right? You know, they'll suddenly take off and drive down to down to New Orleans without saying anything. And I'm like, God damn it. Yeah. So I phone them just something was up with their phone and i said you know in the 80s when we were younger when we were young we had the whole world right and the future looked relatively bright um and these things seem so far away the things that we're experiencing today like climate change water running you know the water all these things it's 2021 yeah. In 1981, what did you think 2021 was going to look like? I don't know. I really didn't have a, I didn't, you know, I think at that age, right, 81, I was, I was eight, 17. Yeah, I was 13. And to me, it was like, oh my God, I who am I going to take to the dance? Right. Right? I really, but... There was talk of those things. I mean, in the 80s, we were all about disarmament. And we made some changes, I like to think. Yeah. You know, um, and the protests and the... 81 was acid rain. Remember that? Yeah, what happened to acid rain? Did right. we did we fix it or did we just... One of those, it was the new we, cycle we, we, sort we, of dried we, up. We largely fixed it. I mean, you know, we got a control of, of the worst of the emissions. But of mm-hmm. course... Coal-powered plants still emit CO2s, right? Yeah. So, so we got the, you know, they invented scrubbers and got the worst of it out. But then it turned out we didn't get the worst of it out. We, right. There's always, I think, as human beings, whenever, and there's part of, so we're looking around on Mars, right? We fuck up every ecosystem we have ever touched, mm-hmm. right? And, and then we try and fix it. Only to find out that we didn't know as much as we thought we knew about it. And so we put this over here and that screws up that. And we're constantly running from fire, trying to put out fires everywhere. Yeah. E- ecological fires. Right? One unintended fires. consequence to another, right? Because coal power plants, electricity, yeah. it's fantastic. It's great. It'll connect the world. The road to hell, right? right? Paved. Facebook, it's great. It'll connect the world. Oh, hang on a second. God damn it. God damn fascists. <laughs> you ever notice I was thinking about this today? This you, you, You'll certainly know my reference. It's like anybody left of, anybody that's right of somebody that's extremely left is a fascist. I, I've, I've come to learn that. Even if I'm middle of the road, I'm still a fascist. I, I I just hate how loaded those uh, the, those words are, right? Because because to me they're 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 just thrown out lazily. Socialism, especially down in the yeah, states, socialist, yeah. fascist, racist, all of the is that. Yeah, I I, I just and, and it's dismissive of a person. You can you can say racist things without being a racist. Um, my dad made some comments this morning. They're driving back to Kelowna today. Uh, we had the Olympics on. My dad made a couple of comments, and it was like, Dad. Yeah. He's, he's not a racist. He's a gentle soul. Um, 
Uh, although, although when I called him, I when I called him on it, he was like, "Is it prejudiced if it's funny?" Dad, it's still prejudiced. Yeah, that's only if you're a comic, maybe. I don't know. There, we can get into that. See, whole see, thing. we. The, the, I mean, I mean, there, there is a whole fertile ground there. I mean, can, can comedians go there? Who, who can go there? Who can go there and who can't? I, yeah, I'm not the, I'm not the judge. I'm not you know, the arbiter of that sort of thing. Right? I mean, and there, there's so many from from Richard Pryor to Eddie Murphy to Chris Rock. Uh, you know, can 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 black comedians say what? they do about black people well he calls me a cracker right i think it's funny <laughs> I, so do i i think it's hilarious only because i understand the context with when which it's used right that's right back to space i don't know how we got down this rabbit hole but we were going there so i'm gonna it's it's a wormhole a wormhole it takes you to a different place that you didn't expect does it i think that's why i love star trek so much because um because those things had possibilities, like they were, they could have been, they could be, they can be, real warp drives. Yeah, right. That that uh, that that's why I've always been a fan of science fiction, it, it is because it it gives us a creative way to unpack a, a lot of these issues because. As we've talked about, exploring space comes with all sorts of philosophical, metaphysical considerations that, and and science fiction has been a, I would say a very lucrative. Lucrative is the wrong word because that's kind of suggests financial. Though lots of people have got rich mm. telling science fiction stories, the Roddenberry well, family yeah. being one of them. Um, but but it, it's a very um, sky's the limit, literally, um, in terms of of things you can unpack and and explore about the human condition. Solar storms, right? Are we going to get hit? I I'm, I'm watching this thing and I'm like, oh man, I wonder if we're gonna. This will be, but I think we were already and it just dissipated and we're lucky and the 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 sun burps loud enough long enough in our general direction and civilization as we know it ends yeah yeah that just so here's yeah though so there's there's comets and asteroids and and quasars and and nasty there are some nasty nasty things out in the universe and the sun being one of them yeah because like you say if it if it decides how is it with so many nasty things, the, the odds are pretty good that we would be affected. However, we're not. I, I mean, we are to... So there's... Okay, so there's an argument that will boost the... the. Um, it's kind of a double-edged sword, though. It's like, it's like, yeah, I'd love to find out these things and see if we're safe from them. But shit, man, I don't want to know about some of those <laughs> things, right? I, well, like, exactly. I mean, I, I mean that, that again is that all of that science researching the sun uh, led us to discover the enormous risk our civilization and human civilization that depends on electricity. Yeah. Um, to survive um, is right is that's that's that solar storm would emit an electromagnetic pulse and everything electrical would stop. So is it is it it's like one of the, is it 
is it is ignorance bliss? I mean, do we say, okay, you guys, look at the sun, figure it out, see if you can save our ass, or do we just like? Is it better to just like, you know? Well, <laughs> let's put it this way: we're 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 the dinosaurs uh, living in bliss until the uh, that six mile asteroid hit the Yucatan Peninsula and uh, you know wiped them out and wiped ninety five percent of the living things in the world out. Because chances are, we wouldn't be able to stop something that big, anyways. Well, I mean, Bruce well, Willis, well, Bruce Willis or not, right? Well, well, but yeah, exactly, <laughs> Bruce Willis or not. And but the other thing is, is that a a, a six mile asteroid is a pebble to the Earth, mm-hmm. um, except that. But right. yeah, say that to the dinosaurs. We we'll say that to the dinosaurs yeah. because, and of course, it hit with such force, such speed, um, that that basically they they have said that that anything living in North America and South America sixty five million years ago when that asteroid hit died almost instantly. MIT came out with a study in seventy one or seventy two, and the Rome Club which is a think tank in Switzerland, so I don't know why it's called the Rome Club, um, confirmed that the study was pretty much bang on, and they said the collapse of civilization would be in around 2040 if things kept going, which in fact is quicker than what they had first anticipated. And and people are probably wondering, what's this got to do with space? And it's again that money, the the money spent on space exploration, could it go to? I'm wondering what the collapse of civilization. Because I'm like, my, I was talking to my dad, and my dad's 80, and he's like, "Yeah, they said that, and those fucking hippies back in the 60s said that, and he's yeah, and in 2012 they said that, and so what? What he says, I don't care, I'll be dead. But <laughs> but but every major civilization that has collapsed has was oblivious to or or at least partially oblivious to the seeds that were sowing uh, you know that that were leading to the demise of their civilization while they were building these amazing creating these amazing things right um right i mean the well, Az- the aztecs the incas the the, the egyptians um, right, have left behind these amazing architectural marvels uh, and left behind science. And, but they still collapse too. Well, I, and if, and if you, I think if you were to look, if you were to talk to an ancient Roman, a Persian, Greek, whatever, and, and said, you guys didn't know that your civilization was crumbling, right? You didn't see. However, we see it. And they look at us and go, you guys are stupid. Like, you know this is happening, and yeah. yet here you are with your thumb up your ass not doing anything about it. And we say, yeah, but we're going to space. <laughs> we're, going, <laughs> we're going to space. We're creating these amazing telescopes that can look back in time billions of years. And then some alien will look back in time and go, wow, it looks like we're fucked. <laughs> right? If they're not here already. What do you think? Life in the universe has, to me, the odds are. Hundreds of millions of galaxies with hundreds of millions of solar systems 
in each of the galaxies. Yeah. The, the odds are, and, and of course, we already have, we, the astrophysicists have already discovered uh, thousands of, of planets that have, that are the right distance from the right kind of sun. The Goldilocks zone. Right, yeah, yeah. the Goldilocks zone. And so, you know, the likelihood, and, and, and the thing is, is that, as the exploration of even our own solar system shows, is that um, was there running water on Mars at some point? It looks more and more likely that there was. Um, is there water under? Uh, I can't remember. Was it Titan? One of the one, one of the moons. One, one of the moons of Jupiter. Jupiter yeah. That that basically underneath the 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 crust there could be liquid water mm-hmm. uh, in in these in these caverns. Uh, if there's li- liquid water, there might be living organisms. Um, that, okay, let me refresh. Uh, intelligent. Intelligent life. life. Ah, I wouldn't okay. classify us as intelligent life in the grand scheme of the universe and, and 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 now and now we get into this what is intelligence well i think if they were intelligent they would like just come and look and say uh we don't know i mean i mean that was the that was the one thing that 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 uh speaking of of good science fiction that movie arrival from a few years ago um pointed out quite well was was the fact that that even if we have incredibly sophisticated um, alien life forms visit uh, the world the 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 ability to communicate with one another will be extremely challenging it will not be like Star Trek and this universal translator that right that in real time it, it it will be far more complicated than that. I see the opening scene of um, Space Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The dawn of man. The, we the, would be the Neanderthals. They would be the black obelisk. And we, we, exactly. We, we and and we just have to look at at life on our on our own planet to realize that that just the differing forms of intelligence and even just the differing forms of of looking at the world our our best friends dogs perceive the world through smell and to a lesser degree sound they they are not as sight dependent as we are mm-hmm. they, they can see well but they they understand the world through smell so so what if what what if there's an alien species that comes to see us and you better have showered that day. Well, but 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 that's what I mean. Is oh they, yeah, I they, get they, it, yeah. They, they they want to communicate with us not through not any sound means. Yeah. Not not through sound, but through a, a, another form of perception which we may or may not even have telepathy, right? Yeah, I guess it's it's so. I mean, uh, you know, and I like to watch these shows about uh, ancient aliens. I mean, it sounds intriguing, and, you know, there's some yeah. facts that sort of line up there. And, and I've read Eric Von Daniken's Traits of the Gods, and which is actually a pretty well-written book, and he, and he yeah. lays out some pretty fascinating facts. However, I, I'm like, nah, if I was coming down here to do all that work, I'd probably stick around, have a greater influence on the civilizations. Or maybe they got bored and they were just petulant children and just smashed smash the toys like oh there we go we've opened up well well and, but the other thing is is that would would an advanced alien 
civilization that that come to Earth would 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 they see us the way we see ants? Would they see this planet the way we see an ant farm? Hey, good question. Yeah. Right? Look yeah. at this very primitive backwards species I, I, again now we go back to you know star trek and the fact that you know first contact the, the the federation doesn't contact civilizations that aren't able to uh that don't have warp capability that aren't able mm-hmm. to leave their planet and their solar system quickly and and, and in, in many ways that's such a silly Oh, the, the the fact that you can transport yourself across space, that's the metric that we're going to use, right, <laughs> to, to, well, to reach actually, out. Well, I kind of think it's a pretty – I think it's very idealistic because mostly it's always about money. Yeah. And they'd be like, I don't care if these people can understand this or not. Can we exploit their planet? Yeah. And exploit them. And, 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 and again, that is the history of human civilization – Regardless, I, I would argue of whether it's Western colonialism, is that lots of stories of different societies through human history. That uh, if I don't think the Vikings cared. Nope. If you had a ship or not, yeah. <laughs> right? it, it it really is, um, you know, about. Um, you know, our way is the best way, and if we have the power and we have the means, we will take over. We will enslave you, and and that's why that's why there's part of me that the whole idea, and I th- I think it is the right word, colonizing space. That that word is loaded because is is that really what we should be doing? Is is it even? Life forms or not, is it ethical to go to the moon? Is it ethical to go to Mars just because we can? And who owns it? You can buy, actually, you can buy a plot of land on the moon, an acre on the moon. I'm like, well, how? So, so Michael, if I go up like, there and squat on your land, what are you going to do about it? I, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Put a hole in your spacesuit. <laughs> but uh, but my thing, my thought of that is like, well, how did this guy own, start owning it? What do you mean? He's just printing a piece of paper for 200 bucks that says you own a plot of land and here's the coordinates. But really. Yeah. Smart guy, though. I got to give him credit. I, I, I would like, uh, you know, uh, you know, something with a view on the, you know, along the sea of tranquility. What is the. What is Spaceship Superstar? Just listen to that song. Hey, you got a solar-powered laser beam beam guitar. guitar. (laughs) So, conclusion? I don't know. Good and bad. I think it's, I mean, we reap some benefits from it, but at the same time, I think we're too arrogant. We're, We're... Exploring and curiosity is hardwired into our nature, but we're really assholes when it comes to exploring. You've been listening to Everything Everything with Neil Godbu and Michael Cast. Everything Everything is produced at the Arch North Podcast Studio in downtown Prince George, British Columbia. If you want to check out our playlists, look for the link in the description of this episode. I'm Michael Cast for Everything Everything. <laughs>